For most people, trust is a really abstract concept, which sucks because trust is an essential part of relationships and also your relationship with yourself. And if trust remains an abstract concept, you're going to not ever know what to practically do to create self-trust. For that reason, I'm going to clear this up for you today really quickly so you understand exactly and practically what self-trust really is. To trust someone is to feel as if you can rely on them to capitalize, act in, your best interests. This is about as scientific as you can possibly get with what the actual definition of trust really is. For that reason, I want you to sit with that definition for a little bit and let it sink in. Keep in mind that I did not say that trust is being able to rely on somebody to put your best interests above their own. Nor did I say that it's making somebody else totally responsible for your happiness. I simply said that trust is being able to rely upon someone to capitalize, act in your best interests. Let's take the next conceptual step. To trust yourself is to feel as if you can rely on yourself to capitalize, act in, your own best interests. Even in a scenario where self-trust is about the assured reliance on your own character, ability, strength, and truth, this is true. For example, let's say that the matter of self-trust you were looking at is your trust in your ability to execute a task well. This would still fit into the exact same definition because you would already have decided that it's in your best interest to execute that task well. So if you couldn't execute that task well, you would not be acting in alignment with your own best interests. The reason, to be honest with you, that self-trust remains so abstract for people is because people see themselves as one thing or one being. I don't introduce myself to you by several different names. I don't walk up to you one minute and say my name is Teal and then the next minute say my name is John. Because of this, I view myself as one thing when that's not an accurate reflection of the reality of me or anyone. Consciousness itself functions like water. If you were looking at a river from above, you can see that a large river branches off into smaller rivers. Over the course of your life, your consciousness splits just like a river does. It is usually an act of self-preservation. When this happens, your sense of self becomes fragmented. So even though you have one body, you in fact have multiple selves. Perhaps the best way to imagine this or visualize this within your psyche, is to imagine that you, your physical body, is full of a bunch of Siamese twins. We call them Siamese twins because they share one body, even though they experience themselves as separate selves. Each one has its own identity, its own desires, needs, perspectives, strengths, weaknesses, and appearance. In order to understand self-trust, it is critical to understand that you are not one thing or one being. You are much more like an ecosystem of different parts. Looking at yourself in this way suddenly doesn't lack of self-trust make much more sense. Because these parts within you can have any kind of relationship under the sun. All the way from super loving and supportive to violent and hating. The bottom line is some parts of you cannot currently be relied upon to capitalize or act in the best interests of other parts of you. For example, let's say one part of you wants to go to a party and the other part doesn't want to go at all, but this part takes complete control of the body and simply bulldozes this part. Can this one trust it? Can this one trust you? No. Or for example, 
this part of you really is an artist and really wants to become a professional artist, but this one cares more about aligning with the family and getting family approval than anything else, and this one knows that there's no way to get family approval without going to college to become something like an accountant instead. If this one simply decides, you know what, no, I'm going to pull a rank. The most important thing for us to do is to be in alignment with the family and get approval. And so it simply goes to college, gets an accountant degree, and gets a job as an accountant. Can this one trust it? Is this one acting in this one's best interests? Have they found a win-win, or is this a win-lose scenario? Then obviously self-trust cannot exist within the system. Or let's imagine that one part of you literally hates this other part of you and wants to get rid of it completely. Can this one trust this one? <laughs> no. What all these examples have in common is that you have internal parts within yourself that are not acting in the best interests of other parts of yourself and therefore trust cannot exist within you. In other words, you're going to feel that lack of self-trust in your own body and you're going to say, I don't trust myself. You know exactly what it feels like to be in a relationship with somebody who you can guarantee is not going to act in your best interests. All that's happening with lack of self-trust is this is how you feel relative to your own parts. In other words, that same external relationship is taking place in your internal system. I'm going to say something quite bold right now, but it's something I need you to understand and accept. There is no possible way for you to genuinely understand self-trust or lack thereof without accepting the reality of fragmentation within consciousness, within your consciousness and psyche specifically. And there is no possible way without accepting this reality to create actual repair and genuine self-trust. If you want to understand fragmentation in an in-depth way, you can watch my video titled Fragmentation, the Worldwide Disease. But here's the good news. Self-trust can be rebuilt, just like trust in a relationship can be rebuilt. It's rebuilt by the parts of you inside, demonstrating that they can be relied upon to capitalize, act in, the best interest of other parts of you. Essentially, building self-trust is as easy as finding a win-win scenario, ending the zero-sum game internally. So now that you understand all that, I'm going to hit you with a bunch of bullet points for how to create self-trust. One, start to work directly with the parts of yourself that are creating that self-distrust. This means you've got to start working directly with the parts within you that are opposed, that disagree, that are fighting, that are abandoning, that are suppressing, that are rejecting, denying, disowning, or bulldozing each other, and that are engaged in zero-sum games. To learn exactly how to do this, watch my video titled Parts Work. What is parts work and how to do it? Keep in mind that when you are working with these parts within you that are creating this atmosphere of self-distrust, it's really important to make them aware that they are part of the same body with the other part that they're playing a zero-sum game with. And thus, there is no way to win and have the other one lose without it also losing. Most of these parts within you that are engaged in this self-distrust dynamic aren't actually aware of that fact. In fact, they mistake themselves for all of what you are. Each part needs to become aware that they can't capitalize on their own best interests while destroying the best interests of other parts within the system without hurting itself. When this happens, you'll notice that the parts of yourself start to get on board with trying to find a resolution. They'll start to take the other one's best interest as a part of their own best interest, and they'll start to really want to proactively look for a win-win situation. When you're doing this process, I want you to be really, really open to the truth belonging to either part that is in the state of opposition changing. 
it's quite common that when one part becomes aware of the best interest of the other part and also aware of the fact that it can no longer play a zero-sum game, its truth about what its estimation of its own best interests are often change and shift. Also keep in mind, when it comes to creating self-trust within the system, you are not looking to create compromise. Compromise is I take a little pain and you take a little pain. Hell no. What we're looking for is the win-win, which is the highest and best considering the best interests of both parties in any given situation. Two, become very intimate with the parts of you that you don't trust. This goes in alignment with the last point, but it has to be its own standalone point. If trust is about capitalizing or acting in the best interests of somebody else, in this case your own parts, you have to actually know what they are. For that, you have to develop genuine intimacy. This means with the parts of you that you don't trust, you have to see into them, feel into them, listen to them, and completely understand them. You have to create this level of intimacy with the part of you that you think is the bad guy in the trust department. For example, if you lack self-trust because a part of you keeps taking drugs regardless of your desire to stay sober, you need to stop playing a zero-sum game with that part of you and instead really see, hear, feel, and understand that part of you, especially the why so you can help that part of you get its needs met and act in its best interest in alternative ways than the current ways that it's going about getting its needs met, which are taking drugs. I'm going to remind you, you cannot oppose, fight with, play zero-sum games with, suppress, reject, or deny any aspect of you and create an atmosphere of internal self-trust. Three, accept that there's no such thing as self-sabotage. Understanding and really accepting this concept can go a long way towards you establishing trust within your internal system. Because so often when we have parts of ourselves that are doing things that are creating this lack of trust within ourselves, we see those parts of ourselves as a bad guy. We think they're against us, when actually, nothing internal is really against you. So if you feel afraid of any part of yourself, and that's creating an internal atmosphere of self-distrust, the following will help you immensely. If any of your internal parts or selves are resisting or opposing your desires, or if any of them are hurting other parts of you in any way, it is because they think it's in your best interest for them to do so. In other words, they believe they are saving your life by not going along with the plan. For this reason, we cannot say that they're against you. They just don't agree with the rest of you about how to be for you. For example, consciously you may want a relationship to work. I mean, really, really bad. But every time you get into a relationship, there's a part of you that starts pushing the other person away, acting nasty, isolating itself, and you're like, oh my god, I don't trust myself. I don't understand what's going on. This part of me is against me. It actually isn't. Maybe that part was the part that was there for all the painful relationships you had before. Maybe that part of you knows already that relationships mean abandonment, so it pushes everyone away first so that it doesn't ever have to go through that pain of abandonment again. And guess what? It's doing all of that for you, not against you. It is just an inverted advocate. No part of you, even the parts that actually hate you, are in fact against you. To understand this in depth, I want you to watch two of my videos. The first titled, There is no such thing as self-sabotage, and the second being, Self-hate, the most dangerous coping mechanism. Four, build your self-confidence. Self-confidence and self-trust are very good friends. When we use the word confidence, what we mean is your ability to depend on yourself. When we understand that lack of self-trust goes hand in hand with lack of self-confidence, we see that not trusting ourselves is often a self-worth issue. It's an issue of devaluing and invalidating ourselves. 
And one of the reasons that we do not trust ourselves is that we don't accept our own abilities, talents, intentions, and value. What does this mean? It means you need to take time to recognize your talents, recognize your strengths, recognize your pure intentions. Recognize the positives about yourself, the things that build you up instead of tear you down. Part of this confidence is allowing yourself to do things that come naturally and easily and effortlessly to you. Now this is quite difficult because we live in a world today where almost every culture on earth values effort above all else. But I have something to tell you. If everything in your life is a struggle because you take all your focus off of what you're really good at and you put it on what you're bad at, then all of life is gonna feel like a struggle and you're gonna feel like you're always behind the pack. This means you're gonna lack confidence. So instead, I'm gonna tell you that if you're trying to build self-confidence, you gotta let yourself gravitate towards these things you're really, really good at. Step into those positions. Recognize what you excel at. Recognize what comes easy to you and put yourself in the places that value those things. And of course, you have to realize that sometimes you must actually look for the people who will value those things that we have to offer. To learn more about this step, you can watch my video titled The Value Realization, a realization that can completely change your self-worth. Five, listen to your feelings. They always have very important messages to share. Right now, at this current time, people, most people, see emotions as a nuisance, as something that shouldn't be there or that needs to change. They're not actually seeing their emotions for what those emotions genuinely are. The result of this is that most people are living in a tug of war between two extremes, one being being the complete slave of their emotions and the other not listening to them whatsoever or waging war against them. Look at our pharmaceutical industry. We've got a multi-billion dollar industry that is designed for one main thing, and that is to make sure you don't feel the way you feel. This is especially sad considering that emotions are the compass guiding you through your life. Emotions are the carriers of personal truth. They never come out of nowhere. They always exist for a perfect and valid reason. They are the exact reflection of thoughts that are coming or perspectives that belong to certain parts of you. They're just a reflection. I'm not saying that your perspective is always 100% accurate and reflective of objective truth. What I'm saying is that your emotion is always the exact and accurate reflection of whatever perspective you are currently holding or parts of you are. They are always real, they are always important, and they always exist for a valid reason. Without exception, you have to notice and listen to the truth being carried by a feeling to recognize that a part of yourself is activated and to hear that part of you out. And you cannot do what is right for you or in your best interests if you don't hear out the truth being carried by your emotions and consciously choose what to do given that information. Six, let go of the idea of the right answer and look for your right answer. People who don't trust themselves tend to defer to other people. They simply listen to what other people have to say and go along with it because they don't trust themselves. People who don't trust themselves also tend to be absolutely preoccupied with doing what is right or finding the right answer. And this often paralyzes them. Consequently, they fear making the wrong choice so much they procrastinate making any choice and trust other people's opinions rather than forming and owning their own. For that reason, I wanna propose the following idea. Gain perspective by eliciting other people's opinions but do not weigh them in order to make your final decision. Instead, use that information to make your own decision and use inquiry to question your current perspective and consciously choose a perspective which serves your highest good. 
Every single person experiences the world in their own unique way. They come from unique experiences, unique backgrounds, unique perspectives. It's almost like every person is looking through a different telescope at the world. If you step into their shoes, you're going to see the world differently. So obviously, the more information you have, the more perspectives you see, the easier it is to make up your own mind. But you're not meant to adopt the perspective of other parts within this system that we call the universe and completely abandon yours. Most people on this earth are not going to be able to see a situation from your unique perspective. And you're never going to get enough information to be 100% sure you have the right answer. You're not going to have enough information to make the perfect decision, right? So if you are looking to develop self-trust, look for your right answer, not the perfect answer. And be open to your right answer, changing as you evolve, as you become more aware, as it inevitably will. Seven, take risks, even if those risks result in making quote-unquote mistakes, which I know you hate if you lack self-trust. If you want to trust yourself, you're going to have to be willing to take risks. For this reason, I'm going to pull from my own personal experience to give you an example of what I mean. I'm going to go all the way back into the years where I was a professional athlete. So on this particular day, I was riding the chairlift up to the top of the race run. At this time in my life, I was really attached to outcomes. I was attached to performance. I, it seemed like if I lost or if I took any risk, then there was so much to lose that I didn't want to even run the race. I was nauseous and in the bathroom and considering not doing it. <laughs> now, when I was riding up this chairlift, I realized that I lost 100% of the races I never ran. Translation, if you don't take the risk in your life, you've already failed. You already will feel shitty about yourself. While it can be terrifying to take risks in life, it's one of the best ways to build self-trust. Because unless you take those risks, you will never know what you're actually capable of. You will not trust yourself unless you take a risk and see that you can. Eight, compile a list of all the ways that you do trust yourself. When we are in the process of trying to develop self-trust, we tend to focus entirely on all the ways we don't trust ourselves. And so this atmosphere, this feeling or perception in our being that we can't trust ourselves actually grows bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Our level of trust towards ourselves will vary relative to different things. For example, we may trust our instincts relative to some things like driving our car, while we doubt ourselves relative to other things like making a good impression in an interview. So I want you to take some time to compile a list of all the ways that you currently know you can trust yourself. Compile this list by filling the blank in as many times as you can. I trust myself to fill in the blank. For example, I trust myself to be loyal to the person I have committed to, or I trust myself to be loyal to my own happiness regardless of whether or not that means breaking a commitment that I've made to someone else, or I trust myself to care for my pets, or I trust myself to do exactly what I say I'm going to do, or I trust myself to make a breakfast which tastes awesome. Nothing is too small or too large to put on this list. Any amount of trust that you can recognize that you have towards yourself will go a long way towards establishing an overall feeling of self-trust. Nine, develop boundaries. And to develop boundaries, you have to develop authenticity. Having a self versus other is a very unique and essential element of existence in this current time-space reality. Most people don't understand boundaries. They think of boundaries as a kind of fence. But in fact, a boundary is an imaginary line which defines you from the rest of the universe. 
Boundaries are simply this imaginary line that uniquely defines your personal happiness, personal feelings, personal thoughts, personal integrity, personal desires, personal needs, and therefore, most importantly, your personal truth from the rest of the universe. When I say that my favorite ice cream flavor is coffee, that's actually a boundary. But if somebody else came into my experience and said, guess what, coffee is my favorite ice cream flavor too, that wouldn't mean that I lose that boundary and that definition and somehow blend into them. It would simply mean that our favorite flavor being coffee is something that uniquely defines each of us. It would be something we happen to have in common. As it applies to authenticity, something that is authentic is real, it is true and genuine, and it is not copied. I need you to become comfortable with the idea that you came into this universe as a unique expression of source consciousness. You can't really be in alignment with yourself and then fully trusting of yourself as a result of that alignment unless you are living in alignment with that pure, true, raw essence or original expression of you. Perhaps the simplest way to understand authenticity outside of you rediscovering and re-owning that unique essence that is you is mending the congruencies between your inner and outer self. You must live according to what's true for you. You will come closer and closer to your genuine authenticity throughout the process of integration of your parts and the inevitable self-awareness that that process brings. So consider your authenticity to be something that is unfolding and with that, boundaries to be something that is developing. But the more you live in alignment with your personal truth, the more self-trust you will have. If you want to learn more about boundaries and authenticity in depth, watch my videos titled Personal Boundaries Versus Oneness, How to Develop Healthy Boundaries, and How to Be Authentic. Trusting yourself is a process, so let it be just that, a process. It's not something you can just wake up today and say, I'm gonna trust myself today. Instead, self-trust is the inevitable byproduct of gradually improving the relationship between the internal parts of yourself. Just remember, the better it gets, the better it gets.